makes the catch, and he's gonna walk into the end zone for a touchdown. Thrown up in the air, and it's intercepted by Jordan Lewis. Great play on the ball. Looks to his right and connects. Leeching for the end zone. Touchdown, Michigan. This is war to extermination. Fight cell by cell through bodies and mind screams of the earth. Souls rotten from the orgasm drug, flesh shuddering from the ovens, prisoners of the earth come out, storm the studio. Burnt metal smell of interplanetary war in the raw noon streets, swept by screaming glass blizzards of enemy flak. Shift lingwals, free doorways, cut word lines, photo falling, word falling, breakthrough in gray room, towers, open fire. Citizen, you are listening to WCBN-FM in Ann Arbor. Guilt, blast, pound, stab, strap, kill. Pilot K-9, you are cut off. Back. Return to base immediately. Ride, music beam, back to base. Stay out of that time, Flack. All pilots, ride pan pipes back to base. Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of... Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. Well, it's official. Uh, the Michigan Groundhog, who apparently is a substitute, <laughs> the, the, the actual official ground, Groundhog, I heard this today, uh, has a respiratory infection. So they have a, a female sub who figured out that it was so cold she didn't even bother coming out of her hole. So... <laughs> Six more weeks of winter in Michigan, supposedly, and I saw bartender Phil last night at a Super Bowl, Super Bowl party, and uh, his beard indicates that there's going to be six more weeks of winter. <laughs> well, so, beards are pretty big and bushy uh, these days, but... Uh, Puxatawney Phil probably didn't come out of his hole either. No, I think they had pretty heavy snow yeah. in western Pennsylvania, too. It was a large and sizable storm, obviously, yes. uh, covering about seven or eight states at a mm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it snowed continuously, folks, for probably uh, 30 hours. Yeah. I, I was uh, still clearing snow off the sidewalk this morning at 5, and it was still coming down a little bit. But uh, we survived. Detroit, apparently, Detroit Metro had its heaviest snowfall in 40 years. Wow. So, yes. Uh, probably be some delayed flights there. Ann Arbor got uh, 14 inches apparently a little more and uh i can tell you that the downtown sidewalks are in very good shape the city of ann arbor and the businesses downtown did a for the most part tremendous job of clearing the the, uh sidewalks but that's a big improvement over last winter do call ahead i've noticed uh, some places are closed unexpectedly including our friends at jay garden and i mentioned them uh, because they always contribute during the fundraiser. We'll be fundraising next week. We've got special events uh, uh, throughout the week. Uh, there's a little shindig down at the Yellow Barn this Saturday that CBN is sort of involved in. So uh, tune in. It usually starts with uh, Mr. Mookie Torch, right? <laughs> is that his official DJ name? 
I don't. Th- yeah, I don't think he uses that for a DJ name. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> Friday morning, Sean Westergaard. Yes, one of the great <clears throat> free forum DJs yep. in WCBN history. Yep. So, so uh, uh, tune in for his show. It's always those, uh, incredible. Empty uh, pop and beer bottles, and uh, get ready to cash them in to help out for CBN's fundraiser. Maybe someday in my life I'll change my schedule uh, to accommodate his 6 to 9 show on Friday mornings. Yeah, I'm I used usually, to... So, unfortunately, I go to bed at 5 in the morning. Right, that's uh, <laughs> my lifestyle too, as I'm to bed at 3 uh, in the morning. Uh, is an early night for me, but I used to catch his show driving to school when I was uh, teaching, so... And speaking of the Great weather, morning. let's uh, give out a brain damage award to the people in New York City who were complaining about the fact that uh, Mayor de Blasio had, had basically shut down the city when they were supposed to get uh, snowmageddon a couple of weeks ago, last week. Um, yeah. Didn't hit New York City quite as hard as some areas, but there was 30 inches of snow in places in Connecticut. Long Island had two feet of snow, and okay, they had to be prepared, and they closed down the subways, and New York still got some snow, but uh, listening to these people complaining about this is is unbelievable. I mean, weather forecasts are, are not, you know, Ann Arbor, for instance, I've because I've been a cab driver for many years, you can sometimes uh, be experiencing rain on the northeast side of Ann Arbor, and it's not raining downtown. So, I mean, they can't That's get... common. They can't get a... It's not a complete precision science. Yeah, it's not like it's... They can't get it down to the mile. There's a lot of variables at play in a weather forecast. And given all of the snow that hit uh, parts of New York and Connecticut and in Boston and whatnot, Boston had, what, two feet? I mean, this was... Uh, precautions were appropriate. And, well, it's always better to err on the side of caution, but yeah. uh, people are going to complain no matter what you do. If he hadn't done that, yeah. they'd have complained. Well, it's crazy because I heard some people just whining about the fact that they had, quote, lost money because they couldn't go to work because, you know, they, they shut down the subway as well. Uh, That's the wrong way to look at that situation, yeah. my friend. Yes. <laughs> well, about... I may have lost a few hours wages, but on the other hand, I don't have to put pants on and I can drink tea <laughs> on my couch and watch Turner Classic movies. Yeah, I can, I can be like the, uh, the female groundhog in michigan i i think it goes by the name of murray in honor of actor bill murray well by the way since it is uh, actually uh, groundhog's day i'll also add happy james joyce's birthday oh really <laughs> yeah born in 1882 on february the 2nd uh one of the all-time great well his eyesight was so bad i don't think he ever saw his shadow so. no <laughs> yeah. he had permanent winter i think no matter where he was, frequently in exile. Well, the Super Bowl is mercifully over, I guess. Uh, I thought the ads this year were about as strange and weird as I've ever seen. Very ineffective. The halftime show was unpalatable. Uh, great game. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make a brief comment about the University of Phoenix, uh, which uh, adorned the stadium uh, in Glendale. I don't know if you followed the news about Glendale, Arizona, which is basically a suburb of Phoenix, mm-hmm. but uh, it's interesting that the mayor of Glendale was complaining about the expense and the fact that their city, uh, 40% of their debt is uh, due to sport, this sports complex and that they are seriously 
uh, in Hawk. Um, well, Glendale's where the NHL's franchise uh, used to be the Phoenix Coyotes, now the Arizona Coyotes. They were ownerless for about three years. Yeah. The NHL stepped in to, you know, as owner of the team just to keep it going, and this that's the very same uh, facility you're talking about there. The, there there's, that's where the sports arena is that the, the ice rink's at is yeah. in Glendale. So instead of the Koch brothers uh, committing uh, eight hundred what eight hundred ninety eight million dollars uh, for the upcoming election presidential election that they're going to throw into the uh, into the uh, campaign spending, why don't they just give some money to Glendale, Arizona, so they can get out of hock to accommodate the uh, sports maniacs? Well, those guys should just buy their own damn country and they can yeah. run it however they want. Right? That <laughs> you got that kind of money. Knock yourself out. You know, you want to buy Texas? Go for it. Or, you know, we can just get rid of the Constitution and sign over the title of the United yeah, States. Uh, to, we may as well at that brothers. point. So we'll give them a brain damage award for uh, even proposing such a ridiculous uh, sum of money uh, years ahead of time. Uh, Mitt Romney isn't going to appreciate any of the money because he's dropped out. But, you know, it's it's troubling just looking back from this summer to note how much this outside campaign spending is affecting uh, congressional races, where, where, by the way, the turnout keeps getting lighter and lighter. Mm -hmm. And this is the purpose of the TV ads. It's basically to turn people off, force down turnout, and uh, in coordination with uh, voter restrictions uh, being imposed in state after state, uh, counting on the fact that all of this expensive uh, advertising will uh, depress turnout. But it's interesting to note from some charts that the New York Times published uh, this this past summer, well before the campaign, that uh, outside spending had basically surpassed uh, the amount of uh, um, spending by, quote, candidates and parties in uh, both Senate and House races. Well, House races... Uh, a little less so, but Senate races uh, very close at that time. And, of course, uh, there was a lot of late-second uh, special interest money that went into all kinds of uh, local elections around the country, including judicial elections in various places. It's it's really uh, pathetic. So uh, a brain damage award out to the Koch brothers. They deserve one almost every week, I believe. <laughs> and as for the... Uh, um, University of Phoenix, which is uh, happily known as a for-profit college. Uh, taxpayers pick up the tab for these uh, uh, for-profit colleges. Uh, their uh, college degrees are of questionable socioeconomic value, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, as uh, some letter writers to the editor noted this summer regarding the plight of Corinthian colleges, which uh, apparently uh, was leaving some, uh, closing three campuses, which was leaving more than 800 students without degrees, many of them with credits that don't transfer to other schools, and tens of thousands of dollars in debt. So in our, uh, you know, uh, updated uh, discussion about community colleges and the value of colleges, and speaking of colleges, how interesting that U of M canceled classes today. Really, the, like the second time in 80 years or something? You know, I can't blame him. It was it was cold, and it, it it's better to have the streets kind of cleared out so that 
people can remove the snow. It's it's it, okay. Everybody had a long weekend as a result. Um, but uh, this these for-profit uh, colleges need to be addressed, I think, in the in the uh, so-called community colleges uh, proposed legislation that Barack Obama has put forward regarding uh, how much uh, federal money is going into these student loans. And uh, it is interesting that uh, the for-profit colleges, as Gail O. Meadow, president of LaGuardia Community College in Long Island, Queens, notes, this is a letter to the editor that she wrote July 9th of uh, this past summer, she notes that 25% of all federal students, um, which the for-profit colleges have mastered on how to squeeze out of the federal treasury. More than 80% of the revenue comes from taxpayer funds. So it's highly questionable why for-profit colleges should even exist. Well, that's sort of the right-wing agenda all the time, is to out of the one side of the mouth you bash uh, any institution that receives funding from the state or the taxpayers as socialism. But then if you can get your buddies who have a business deal going to get some federal money or state money, that's a sweet deal. Sure. Uh, so it's it's pretty absurd and ridiculous. Some things just cannot be run on the business model. You hear it all the time from the political right. If only schools were run as businesses. Well, you're not going to make money at a school. You're never going to make money with a school. I mean, no. It's not the purpose of a school. Uh, it's to prepare people for... Of some sort of sustainable future for themselves and for the communities in which they live. So uh, you can't hope to make money in that kind of a business. It's something that you have to pay for as a common good. Yeah, and you can't make money fixing the roads either, but they have right. to be fixed. They're going to be, you know, continuously needing to be fixed. You'll never make money doing that. So how interesting to see that the uh, uh, the Michigan State Legislature, which dodged its responsibilities uh Back in, in November and December during the lame duck session uh, of, con of, of the state legislature by not passing a bill that Snyder apparently was willing to sign, they have now decided rather than uh, assume responsibilities and stand up for uh, wh what's right, that they're going to punt this ball back onto the taxpayers and hope that they pass a, uh, a tax increase in May. Uh, this Unlikely. Uh, well, it's already received so much negative publicity that this uh, rocket, uh, this uh, rocket, is uh, pretty much exploded on the launch pad, yeah. as they say. Uh, public opinion polls are uh, heavily against this at this point, and it's now emerged apparently that if Michigan does pass this law, they will lose uh, uh, something like 100. Well, the, the number sounded wrong to me, but I'll just quote it. $100 million in tax benefits that they get for deductions related to uh, um, automobile registration or something. It was it was very mm. confusing what this number really was, but this would not allow um, deductions, apparently, on your federal taxes for registering your automobile because of the increase from 6 to 7%. So... It's very strange, but not surprising that uh, the Michigan State Legislature, on the other hand, have worked on all sorts of ludicrous uh, leniency, you know, for guns, uh, restrictions on abortion. They're doing all kinds of stuff that 
arming abused women? Doesn't need to be done. And now they're back to the drawing board, speaking of going back to the drawing board, on uh, the abortion legislation, which uh, Snyder, the gun legislation, I should say, he vetoed the gun legislation a couple of weeks ago to his credit. Much to his credit, yeah, I was. So, um, negative TV ads sponsored by the Koch brothers and these Congress, uh, these state legislatures uh, really are the best money that money can buy. They do nothing <laughs> or work in the wrong direction. Uh, and God knows why they're pursuing the angles that they're pursuing sometimes. This uh, speech that's coming up in March, I think, uh, Netanyahu is going to speak oh, yes. to a, is it a joint session of Congress? Supposedly. Uh, of course, Obama is not going to meet with him. They uh, have had a lot of uh, personal disagreements as well as policy disagreements. But uh, if his gig is uh, Israeli premier, well, when that's over, he could... He could run for official boyfriend of Congress and, John, and win hands down. John Boehner's page boy. Well, yeah, this is some some heavy uh, heavy traffic, heavy heavy bad weather that John Boehner has waded into. This is now actually drawing some uh, increasing controversy even in Israel regarding the uh, fact that this uh, speech coincides so closely with the. Uh, Israeli elections and also uh, simultaneous with uh, the uh, announcement of yet more settlements and of course the the the, the new settlement announcement that was actually um, one of the areas where Netanyahu and Obama have had conflict is he condemned these announcements but it's interesting that ISIL and uh, some of these terrorist groups including the recent uh, Attacks that occurred in France, uh, the Yemenis liberation for the Arabian Peninsula or whatever group they claim to be uh, uses death to America and death to Israel simultaneously in their God is great uh, chant. So uh, I don't understand how Boehner's theory that Netanyahu addressing Congress is going to wake up America about the Iranian threat. Uh, we've gone over this before here on Gray Matters, that the Iranian threat is largely imaginary because the, Ura the uranium in question is nowhere near pure enough to make mm -hmm. a nuclear weapon. This has been pointed out by technical experts. But John Boehner and Senator Smoghorn Leghorn from Kentucky are not scientists. They never have been, and they never will be. And while I'm at it, why don't I give out a brain damage award to Mitch McConnell, who once again is asserting erroneously that the Keystone Pipeline will create 42,000 jobs. This is utter nonsense. Um, as written, uh, Obama apparently is going to veto this bill. While I'm at it, I'll give him a brain damage award for proposing, and this, of course, may be a poison pill, but for proposing oil drilling off the Atlantic Ocean. This is absolute insanity, in my opinion. One oil spill, and of course it's convenient that he proposes these leases for south of Washington, you know, Georgia, right. South Carolina, uh, with the expectation that maybe some people down there will wake up and realize this isn't a very good idea. Our beaches and our tourism industry could collapse 
with one uh, unfortunate oil spill. Uh, so uh, Unfortunate and probable. Yes, because <laughs> as we've noted, the North, Carol, uh, North Dakota um, oil fracking business is spilling oil almost on a weekly basis mm-hmm. up there, and it's uh, rather troubling that this is sort of omitted from the discussion of the debate regarding Keystone. I am not one to believe that the tar sands, the Alberta tar sands, are going to, uh, if we don't build the pipeline, that we're going to somehow prevent or help global warming any, because the tar sands oil, unfortunately, will be sold one way or another. I just think that it shouldn't be in America's, uh, uh, shall we say, moral uh, guilt complex that we participated in this nonsense. The tar sands are heavy, dirty oil that uh, shouldn't even be dug up anymore. The whole project should be canceled. Do we need the oil? Who knows? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's rather troubling. And, of course, a lot of this oil drilling debate has been in the news because of the ANWR uh, reignited mm-hmm. debate uh, in which uh, Barack Obama, to his credit, uh, has proposed that the Arctic Wildlife Reserve be kept off limits for the time being for oil exploration because it's an environmentally sensitive area. So the oil uh, proposal by the Obama administration is rather strange in that they it, it's almost like a poison pill. It's it's you, you wonder if he's got sort of a duplicitous uh, pro- proposal in mind there to open up the Atlantic Ocean to oil drilling cuz that's a uh, <clears throat> a rocket that needs to uh, you mean like that sort of rhetorical question when you say that you want to, you know, do something, your mom says, oh, you want to do that? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and do it. And then you realize, oh, this is a really bad idea. My mom was right. Right. <laughs> he'll, he'll, uh, Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott from South Carolina and uh, maybe the senators from Florida and or Georgia, almost all of them Republican these days, will finally come to their senses and realize, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe this oil drilling mania that's going on globally is not such a great idea, at least not off the Atlantic uh, seacoast. Well, a sort of related item here and a bizarre glimpse back to a forgotten scandal in uh, early 20th century American history uh, from Saturday's New York Times, uh, Dateline, Wyoming. A private company will finally be able to legally drill in the Teapot Dome oil field. The Energy Department said Friday that it had sold the oil field to, get this, I'm not making this up, New York-based Stranded Oil. (laughs) Stranded Oil. Not standard. Stranded. Is that Uh, a typo? (laughs) It's a real company. A real company. Uh, It's almost like an Onion article. That's like a pun on uh, Standard Oil, of course. Uh, This has been sold. This uh, oil field, Teapot Dome, has been sold for $45.2 million. Most of the easily accessible oil in the field north of Casper, Wyoming, has been tapped. The site was, uh, as we all know about that, from uh, There Will Be Blood. Uh, because if my straw goes all the way over here, That's right. I drink your milkshake. And, of course, the novel uh, Oil by Upton Sinclair that that great film uh, was based on. And that was a great film, by the way. Uh, it's a, one of my all-time favorites. Uh the Teapot Dome scandal actually features in the novel. It mm-hmm. does not come up in the film, 
But uh, if you never went around and uh, read that book when the film came out, it's definitely worth revisiting. Um, and, of course, the Teapot Dome was a scandal of the Warren G. Harding administration. There are some historians that actually believe that the so-called poisoning of Warren G. Harding was connected to the Teapot Dome scandal. Yeah, he was on a trip up to Alaska, actually, when yeah. the scandal broke. His interior secretary, Albert Fall, accepted $400,000, which back then was a substantial sum. And what a great name, Albert, Albert Fall. Fall. <laughs> he fell. Yep. And uh, the uh, Supreme Court invalidated those leases in 1927. The oil field went undeveloped. Uh, because at that time, uh, the government actually held oil fields to be left unused as emergency fuel supplies for the Navy. Yeah. Which was the original intended purpose of Teapot Dome until Albert Fall secretly sold it off to these businessmen. And speaking of the Navy, there's an Strange interesting history. continuing debate about whether or not Obama's policies have contributed to the decline of oil prices. Well... The president, of course, doesn't sit around and uh, look at the uh, daily price of uh, Texas interme Intermediate Crude or, you know, uh, North Sea Oil and whatnot and manipulate prices. But I'd like to point out that there are two areas where the Obama administration has contributed uh, to the reduction of prices that have nothing to do with oil production. It is related to CAFE standards in connection with automobiles, uh, making CAFE standards, which, of course, is... Uh, fuel efficiency for automobiles, mm. helps reduce uh, oil consumption. And number two is the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And while yep. we have nominal presences there, it's always important to remember that the United States military uses about 15 to 20 percent of America's daily oil um, consumption needs. Mm -hmm. And that transporting oil, very, very expensive gasoline, by the way, in, in Afghanistan— I'm not too sure if donkeys uh, get a kind of a Viagra uh, pill kick. I don't know if you saw the, the Viagra commercial uh, last night. Actually, it wasn't a Viagra commercial. It was a car company commercial. Uh, but that was actually one of the good ads uh, during the Super Bowl. <laughs> we won't get into at this point. <laughs> Didn't I'd see him. Thought the punchline uh, was was pretty good, but it would have been funnier if something else had happened. But we won't go there with discussions about Viagra around the dinner table. It was never identified as Viagra, but it was the powerful blue pill. No, well, as long as it wasn't the Bob Dole ad, that was uh, offensive and horrifying. <laughs> and it, of course, had a is Viagra ad. humorous uh, take on <clears throat> Italian romance, as they say. It was a very clever ad. Uh, but uh, th these are two policy areas that Obama can take some credit for reducing oil prices. They, they, they have effectively reduced oil prices uh, for different reasons. And while our presence in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, remains, we, we still have about 10,000 troops in Afghanistan as part of a, not a nation-building operation, by the way, a training <laughs> training uh, <clears throat> these, uh, the police operation as well as in Iraq in a similar capacity. Well, if only uh, we could increase our uh, usage of energy generated from renewable resources. And this is something, of course, that Obama might still somehow be able to pursue, if not push through. A um, couple of things from the recent Harper's Index. This is the brand new 
guess this is the February issue, uh, percentage of electricity consumed in the U.S. that is generated from renewable sources, 13. Percentage of electricity consumed in Germany that is generated from renewable resources, uh, 24. Yeah. So we've got some catching up to do. China is making big leaps and bounds in this uh, department. And, and we are doing better in that department to our credit. There is at least a f substantial recognition that this is the way to go. And uh, even Obama's recent uh, powwow with, uh, with Prime Minister Modi of India was about that very issue. Uh, India, of course, uses a considerable amount of coal. They are the third largest consumer of uh, hydrocarbons in general, globally, because of the population uh, involved. Uh, they are scheduled, by the way, to surpass China in population, uh, I believe, in about 2030, 2031, something like that. So this is the right way to go for India. India can uh, well go in the renewable Indeed, with a, a, as much coastline as they have, they've got to develop uh, wind power alternatives, and that's something that Michigan as a state... Uh, needs to pursue more aggressively. Uh, my trip back from Marquette this uh, couple of weeks back, uh, really on the uh, just, I guess it's uh, west of the Mackinac Bridge and the uh, tip of the lower peninsula of Michigan, there is a uh, series of very tall wind mills, mm -hmm. uh, energy uh, generating. And, of course, some people complain about these things, but they look really cool, and they're majestic and sort of spare in their design. And Yeah, well, you should see the one in downtown Cleveland. It's right next to the football stadium. Yeah. It's it's rather impressive. It doesn't look bad. It's, no. It's right yeah. on Lake Erie, right next to the... Uh, we live the, amidst and amongst human construction on a daily basis. Why we should pretend to be offended by, say, wind towers as opposed to cell phone towers or some other kind of mercury light, you know, fixture. or billboards or billboards, which are, you know, <laughs> intrusive and invasive in in another way. Um, I think it's just really silly that uh, people are reluctant to go forward with uh, a more aggressive approach towards wind power here in Michigan. Indeed. Well, just a friendly reminder, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. We'd like to thank uh, Andrew for engineering once again. The ever reliable Andrew. So, uh, in in I guess wrapping this this whole thing up, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what ultimately happens with this Keystone debate. The legislation seems destined to end up on Obama's desk. And it looks like he's going to veto it so we can finally end this nonsense about uh, theories of exporting gasoline. That is really crazy. That's like coals to Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> America should not be exporting refined oil or petroleum products for any reason whatsoever. We still need to import oil for our daily needs. So uh, get with it. But this strikes me as a subsidy for uh, big oil, and uh, the Koch brothers are still uh, pretty much involved in in the Petco uh, nonsense over there in uh, in the city of Detroit. Mm -hmm. It's piling up, right? <laughs> big pile of slurry. Big pile of slurry. Well, um, are we set to go with uh, Yazoo City Calling? 
Looks like about five minutes. Okay. I will uh, take advantage of this opportunity then to mention to people there's a very fine article by Tariq Ali, uh, longtime British uh, socialist commentator and critic, in the weekend edition of Counterpunch.com. 